episode seven. Marin, we did it. We made it through six episodes. And I bet we, we made have, it. <laughs> we have at least one listener for each episode, I'm sure, right? Yeah, that gets us to, well, not a dozen yet, but one day. <laughs> one day we'll have a dozen listeners. One day we'll have a dozen, and then we'll make it a baker's dozen <laughs> when I can get my wife to listen. It'll be oh, good. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so. Uh, oh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the medicalization and the pathologization of birth and how that has kind of led us to here. But I also wanted to give a quick little, a little, um, not a shout out, but I just want to acknowledge, I know that the certified nurse midwife conversation we had stirred the pot a little bit, and we are certainly not strangers to stirring the pot. We're also not necessarily against stirring the pot, but I also wanted people to understand that Marin and I, when we did the episode about like, I think we titled it, a midwife is not a midwife is not a midwife, something like that. Um, when we were talking about the sort of horizontal... I don't know, it's a little of an embellishment, I think, to say horizontal violence between birth keepers. But this sort of tendency for different types of midwives to speak poorly about what other midwives are able to do and what their training is and all that. I don't think that, I mean, yes, we were illustrating that in the episode, but I also want to like provide a bit of a caveat that Marin and I both have many, many friends who are certified nurse midwives, many of which actually agree with the fact that there's not a lot of collaboration. There's actually a lot more of like, well, I work in this place, or I did this, or I read this book, or I listened to whatever thing. Like what I think we were trying to illustrate, and you can, I, I would love for you to clarify further, but what we were trying to illustrate is that we all need to just be working together to make birth better, period. So I'm going to toss the ball back to you before we get into meta, you know, the pathologization of birth. Oh. But, but did you have any thoughts about that? I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Yeah, thanks. Hmm. The 22nd version, I think, is that we were attempting to clarify that midwives work differently. And I yep. don't think anyone's going to argue that. And that was perhaps for an audience that doesn't quite have that down yet for whatever reason. And in the end, I just don't see that there's really a problem because it's all up to each of us to be transparent with the way we work. That's all. So right. it's really uh, the woman's decision in the end to choose the hospital, to choose the home, to choose the certified nurse midwife. There's not a better. But if we're all being clear about who we are and, and who we serve best and what our limits are and what our, you know, what we excel at, then that's the conversation. So I think women should continue to ask good questions and providers should continue to give honest answers. Period. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, you know, yes, exactly. You and I see this so crystal clear. Um, well, because it's not about us, really. It's like, exactly right. right. <laughs> it has no, like, we have no role no. In what actually happens. It's, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just be yeah. clear so that women can choose appropriately. Right. And, you know, yeah. happy, happy yeah. to, to uh, refer to all kinds of practitioners. You know, sometimes a nurse midwife is the absolute best choice for somebody with what they want. And that's right. kind of the end of it. Right. What do you want? Yeah. You know, like the, something that comes to mind, like very briefly is, you know, I think that there's a lot, there's like, it's a highly charged area, right? Where we are in birth work, but like, let's go to another area of women's health. Let's like talk about fertility. 
I've had women come to me and they are bitching and moaning about, I'm sorry to use the word bitching, whatever. It's, you know what I mean? It's a colloquialism uh, about how their reproductive endocrinologist, right? Which is a fertility doctor, an OBGYN special who subspecializes in fertility treatments, how they talk to them about using hormones and injections and all this. And why aren't they talking more about like natural fertility methods? Well, here, that's not what they're trained to do, which is not an insult to you as the patient or you as the midwife who referred them or to the, the REI doctor. It's like when you go to a subspecialist who has trained for extra time on top of residency on injectable hormone therapies for you to hijack your ovarian process, like that's what they do. So, so if that's not what, what you would prefer to do, let's take a step back and let's actually redirect you. But the reason that we're illustrating what the difference is between like an OBGYN like me and a certified nurse midwife or a CPM or whatever is because people have slightly different ways that they were trained to do things. And that's just the end of the day. Now, some people can take, they can go on one path and they can back up and then maybe take a slightly different path. And that's kind of what I've done. You know, like I kind of, I adore and admire what you do, Marin. And I would never say I do that, but it's like, gosh, I kind of have molded myself more to a mid- midwife, but you would still have to acknowledge this guy was trained as an OBGYN and it's no different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just again, like being who you are. So maybe we don't always fit perfectly into these right. labeled boxes. You know, CNM doesn't mean one thing. I right. have a, a beautiful, you know, one of my midwives, my own personal midwives, she's been a CNM for many years. Well, she doesn't really work like one. She right. worked as a direct entry midwife for years. So the labels aren't super helpful. And I guess, you know, not to, um, spur a further debate. But I think if we're feeling insecure about whatever our role might be, then it's on us to work that out rather than, you know, saying to the world, you need to understand me better. It's like, no, who do I embody? Whether I'm a CPM, an OB, whatever. Right. Um, Right. What do I embody? And what do I offer? Because that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and I can even add like as an OBGYN, you're going to get far more of a shared decision-making process and holding space if you hire me than many, many CPMs that I know. Totally. And I'm just like, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just telling you, I have come to a realization and a dead end and I've changed courses and I've got all these tools over here that I very, very rarely use. And I'm very much more a Somebody used the word mid-husband to me the other day, by the way. <laughs> I think that's missing I the kind point, of like but it. <laughs> maybe maybe the, the like world it. needs the first. Anyways, totally uh, <laughs> mid-husband. Um, okay, so I think that we've, I th- hope we squelched that one. Um, we have 13-ish minutes left, and... Um, what you you and I were chatting briefly before we started recording um, about this 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 notion that birth has been over pathologized, and I know that many of your your um, midwifery students actually have talked to me about this personally, and that is to say that the allopathic, I stopped using the word Western by the way, because I realized that there's a lot of practices that have developed in the quote West that are not allopathic medicines. So we can't continue to call it Western medicine. 
my bad. Let's call it allopathic medicine because that's really what it is that I train to do. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that makes sense, right? So allopathic OBGYNs, physicians, they view um, you know, their specific organ system as something that potentially could be fraught with problems and they are trained to fix those problems. In an OBGYN's case, they're allopathic physicians who are trained to um, fix problems that arise within the reproductive system. Let's talk about birth today and how the pathologization or these, the sort of treatment of birth as a medical problem that needs to be solved has changed maternity care in the United States. Go ahead, Marin. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> if I could say patholo. What is it? Path- pathologization. You know, a couple glasses of yeah, a couple <laughs> glasses of white wine helps with that. In case anybody's curious, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So this came to my attention as something I wanted to discuss because even in our midwifery community, even in the indie birth community, most women are under midwifery care, or maybe even having a free birth, or rarely maybe collaborating with a doctor. So I consider these to be women that have probably learned a lot along the way. They're interested in Mm -hmm. all of the things and like connecting with themselves and blah, blah, blah. But even amongst that group, there's a lot of questions all of the time about pathology. And I think it's great to inquire and ask questions, but you know, these posts, these questions have a, have a personal nature. So what if my baby is this position? I was told it was bad. Even my midwife said, uh, what if I have too much fluid? Mm -hmm. My midwife said I might have too much fluid. And what if, you know, what if this is going on? And it's like constantly this fear-based approach of not looking for what's going right, <laughs> but constantly looking for that needle in a haystack, that that like thing in the textbook that could be wrong. And it's mm. such a different energy. So that's where I was coming from with that topic. Yeah. Um, and actually, just a quick piece of clarification. I just realized that you had said pathology when we were preparing to do this recording. And it didn't occur to me that you could have actually meant pathology like when you actually have a pathologist, which is a physician who looks at like a specimen and determines something. I'm glad I guessed right, but that is actually not what we're talking about here. When we talk about pathology, we're talking about how pathology um, sort of contrasts with the term maybe physiology, right? Where you have like the physiology is the ongoing natural process of how something develops. Whereas pathology is when that stuff starts to go south in the sense that allopathic medicine would jump in and try to intervene, you know? So, so um, a good example of what you just described is let's talk about a history of prior C-section. A person who might end up in your care as a midwife, as a home, as a home birth midwife, um, Notice I didn't use any any um, acronym there. I didn't use like a title. Like anybody who attends birth in you. the home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody's learning. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
um, imagine, you know, they come to you, they've had a history of a, a C-section or two, maybe I had somebody come to me recently who's had four, which is Great. an interesting conversation. Um, oh, but they had good one. four prior C-sections or whatever. Right. And so the medical establishment is going to see this as a possible fill in the blank. You know, a uterine rupture is the most likely thing and the the um the thing that everybody fears the most that's like the thing that's at the forefront of your brain that if you have four c sections your uterus might explode you know spontaneously in labor and then we're left with this ca- catastrophic thing that may be happening at home and we can't rush you to the or the way we w- the way that we would in the hospital so so the um allopathic community will use they don't see it this way but it's a, it's coercive language they'll say something like well your uterus could rupture and then we're in bad shape. You know, all you want is a healthy mom, healthy baby. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Well, if the four C-section thing is a slightly, I think that's actually a more challenging conversation, right? Because it really depends on what risk is, 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 the, is the client or the patient willing to assume. And then what risk are, are you willing to assume as the person who's stepping in as your support person? But that's actually the same conversation, the, this risk-benefit thing is the same conversation that applies even if you've had one C-section, right? And so here, the statistic really is that if you've had a, had a history of prior C-section and you're going to labor, quote, I'm using air quotes here, naturally, mm-hmm. the risk of rupture is like less than 1%. So, so what you're describing, Marin, is the pathologization of birth leads us to over- focus on the less than 1% chance of something bad happening versus the over 99% chance that that bad thing isn't going to happen, right? That's not to say that it means that you're likely to have a vaginal birth. There's all these other factors that we know play into the likelihood of you having a vaginal delivery. But if we're just talking about that bad pathology, it's far, far, far less likely that that's going to happen than a than, than not that bad thing happening. You may stall out in labor or whatever, but but that's not what we're talking about here. So so why do we do that? Why do we focus on that that one in a hundred? Or one in a million in some cases. Right. That's just the teaching. And I wanted to talk more about that, I guess. Just where do we think that comes from? Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's always a risk. Like that's <laughs> the reality. So, you know, yeah. it's not like I'm trying to paint it as, oh, birth is always perfect. It's always safe. No, there's always a risk. There's mm-hmm. a risk with every mm-hmm. single birth. Mm-hmm. So I am also interested in, and this is like changing gears a little bit, but in the cases of just normal, healthy, boring pregnancies and births, like that's where I see it as even more of an issue. Um, you know, if yeah. there's a risk factor yeah. there, then yeah, that's a discussion. And and of course that woman should be choosing what's best for her. But what about just these people going along and their normal, healthy pregnancies, they're seeing midwives and mm-hmm. every single interaction becomes fear-based. Mm-hmm. Like where does that come from? And is that really how people think about birth? Is that mm-hmm. really how they want to think about it? That every every possible thing that could go wrong, you know, is something we should talk about. I don't know. I know as a pregnant woman, that makes for a very, that would make for a very neurotic experience. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I know that we, 
we were a little long-winded in the beginning, but let's talk about that that a little bit. Um, I was a little bit long-winded in the beginning. Sorry. So, so no, what I mean, you're, does that make sense to you? Like it does. It does. I mean, you pointed out like the the more obvious situation, like the woman has a risk factor, and so we're all worried about this thing happening that could happen. But I guess I like changed the tune by saying like, what if it's just not even that? And what if there people worry about every little thing? Yeah. So I remember specifically, I was at the YMCA, the Young Men Christians Association gym. Um, none of that applies to me. But I was sitting in the hallway <laughs> speaking to you, sitting on a bench, and we were sending Marco Polos back and forth. Um, and... I remember I sort of said it with, it was like a little bit of trepidation. I remember saying to you in a Marco Polo and I was like, you know what? I got to just put this out there because it feels very isolating and, and alone, not, not being able to say this out in space. And when you sit with enough births, you realize that sometimes bad things happen. So what I said to you was something like people, and I mean people, I mean society. I don't mean like, you know, silly women having babies or, or like uneducated birth workers or anything. I mean, people, our society, what we've, what we've sort of nurtured is an environment in which we act as if we're entitled to an experience in which the mom and the baby are going to live through this situation and everything's going to be just fine. And the allopathic medical world in, in its pathologization of birth is trying to hedge that bet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so when I had said that to you, I was like, here it goes. And she might, we, this might, this friendship might end right here now. And you responded. It was almost like you were, you responded before I finished the message and you, or maybe honestly, I may even be remembering this wrong the way that the messages went, but you and I both at, in, at, on that afternoon and Stephanie was pregnant with her first, we both came to realize that you and I, the great unifier in our, our approach to birth is that something bad could happen and neither you as the birthing person or me as the birth keeper is responsible for that. And by you getting pregnant and wanting to have a baby, there is an, an assumed risk as being a human being that not only are you going to necessarily die today, but the baby that you're, you've been growing and you've been nurturing all of these nine months could die in the process of childbirth. And I cannot guarantee that that won't happen. Right. And that's, I mean, that's really what you're, that's what you're alluding to, right? Is, is for us to take every little individual example, even if it can't be like a statistician can't work out the data on a, you know, like, like it can on a, on a TOLAC or whatever. Like what we're talking about is that by pathologizing this, are we ignoring the fact that there is inherent risk? To growing a baby and giving birth. Sure. That's a great way of putting it. So we're trying to control that, which we really can't control. Exactly. And then my, like the cherry on top is that we're also just scaring the shit out of pregnant women. Right. So that they're walking around in fear. Right. Constantly about this one in a million thing possibly happening when it won't change it if they worry or if they don't worry. Right. So could we know what we know in our heads? Could we have the skill we need, but could we also not pass on this fear baton and say the words and communicate the energy that she's a walking disaster? Because I think there's a lot of very healthy, normal, 
normal pregnant women out there just doing mm-hmm. their thing that that's mm-hmm. their experience with a caregiver. Right. Midwife or doctor, doesn't matter. Right. But that's what that person is to them. And, you know, I think it's your choice as a pregnant woman to choose that, to walk into that. But also there aren't a lot of options sometimes, you know, for engaging with people that truly will just support you and whatever comes up and they don't have to sugarcoat everything. Like you always say, it's not magical thinking, but blah, I'm just babbling on. Well, yeah. And then the other part of that, I know our alarm went off, but the other part of that is that as birth keepers, there is a legal system. There is a licensing process. Like there's all these state regulations as to what you can and can't do. Your job is not to guarantee a good outcome. I don't care what anybody tells you what your role is. That's not your job. But see, that's gold. No one will say that. Do you hear a lot of people saying that? No, no. That's why you and I are are living in Kentucky and trying to get away from all that stuff. (laughs) Who knows? We can't even escape it. It's not like that's just, you're right. That's not the culture of birth. But that's a huge thing to put out there. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. And it's not a popular belief because I think it takes some digging and I've had to do the digging within myself at times. Mm -hmm. Like, is there a place in me where I do think I would be responsible or am responsible? And there's some dark stuff there sometimes because I think that's the culture we live in. You know, you're the doctor. You, You are going to make sure my baby comes out of this alive why don't we let's we our timers up let's let's do that in our let's have a conversation about that the next time we record oh man we're leaving you hanging yeah <laughs> all right in another time you. yeah <laughs> that was my movie trailer to be voice. continued yeah exactly all right Marin, thank you thank you for this 20 minutes is not enough but we'll dig in deeper next time <laughs>